Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Johnson from Bethel Lady Church. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We are so glad we could connect with you through this podcast. Please ensure you subscribe to receive new messages every week. We pray this podcast builds your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and motivates you to live a life of excellence for the glory of our Lord. Thank you for your support. Enjoy the message. The book of Revelation is not about Antichrist, triple six, uh, uh, beast, all of these things. If you read Revelation chapter 1 verse 1, it's about the revelation of Jesus, the Son of God. Yes, there are details about eschatology, end time matters. But the book was written by the Holy Spirit in the Holy Bible to show you and me about Jesus, because we know him from the Old Testament prophecies. He is the seed of the woman that will crush the head of the serpent. We know that. We know he's Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah told us he'll be born of a virgin. We know from the gospels, from the prophets, the minor prophets who said that he will be born in Bethlehem, in Judea. But when you come to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, which we will deal with later, you find that Jesus was a little baby born in a manger. He died on the cross. So the image we have in our mind is about a very human Jesus. And the fact that he's divine is more an act of faith. But when you look at the book of Revelation, Christ Jesus, our Lord, is revealed in a different form from what you see him in the Old Testament and in the Gospels. So let's read one portion from the Bible. But before we read that portion from Revelation chapter 1, I'll give you a backdrop. So the backdrop means like uh, the context. How did, how did this vision happen to John the Apostle? John the Apostle was the youngest apostle, sorry, the word disciple would be better. He was the youngest disciple of the Lord Jesus. They say he must have been a teenager. Twelve disciples, out of that, John was the youngest. And he always, whenever they sat together to eat and all, he would always lean on Jesus' chest. You know, he would be so close to Jesus. You'll find that written in different portions of the Bible. In fact, there are times when other disciples wanted to ask questions to Jesus. They don't want to ask directly. So they'll tell John, ask. Because he's always leaning on Jesus. He was the closest to the Lord. And he was the youngest of the whole group. And interestingly, he was the most loving guy. It's, it's there. These characters are given in the Bible. In fact, Bible scholars call uh, John the apostle of love. They call him the apostle of love. So, in the Holy Bible, you will find that John being an apostle of love uh, was a very quiet guy. Now, all the disciples of Jesus, they all were killed for the gospel because the, they, the Roman people did, and the Jewish people did not want anyone to preach about Jesus. And they said that conversion is fraud. Have you heard that? It started 2,000 years ago. So they, 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 uh, you know, they came up with anti-Christian bills and rules and started killing 
anyone who believes in Jesus. So the Bible says, out of the 12 disciples, one fellow committed suicide. His name was Judas Iscariot. He betrayed the Lord Jesus and then felt he's not worthy to live. He went and committed suicide. He hanged himself. Out of the other 11 disciples, 10 of them were martyred. They were killed for Jesus. They were given a choice. They were told, do you want to live for Jesus? Or you want to, uh, do you want to die or do you want to live? You will die if you uh, live for Jesus and you will live if you will live a normal life without believing in Jesus. And all the 10 disciples of the Lord said, no, we had rather die. And they died happily. They didn't die saying curses and all. They died singing songs of joy. Now, one disciple we know, Thomas, out of the 10, Thomas was the only disciple who came to India and died. He died in India, uh, about uh, six hours journey from our church, close by. <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. He died uh, about six hours journey from here. Uh, he was killed because uh, he was, not because he uh, converted anyone by force, not because he broke any other religious uh, place of worship, not because he insulted any other god or goddess, not because he did uh, atrocity of stealing or uh, any violence or immorality, but because he preached the love of Jesus and he healed people and uh, people's lives were changed. So some people got angry and killed him. He died in Mailapur, uh, about six hours from here, Chennai, Madras. They killed him because a lot of people believe in hatred, not in love. Uh, they will, they somehow believe that uh, uh, hatred is better than love. Anyway, that's, that's a political position and that's not a topic. Now, the Bible says, there's only one disciple who had a natural death. Okay, Bible doesn't say, sorry. Bible only says uh, that, the Bible does not record the death of John. History tells he had a natural death. He, he was not killed by anybody. So that's interesting. In a time when all the disciples got murdered, how come only John survived and had a natural death? He grew old and he died peaceful death. How come? One thing I've understood, if you, if you really follow the Lord's will for your life and if it's God's plan that you don't have to die as a martyr, then you don't have to attract attention. You know what I'm saying? Don't go and irritate people, I am ready to die for Jesus. Don't do all that. Apostle John teaches us that if you have to die for the Lord, be willing to die, but don't attract persecution by doing wrong things. Don't attract trouble by doing wrong things. But teach God's love. What happened, history tells, this is not in the Bible. Roman history says, uh, one historian say, Roman historian says, they caught John the Apostle and uh, after Jesus died, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, uh, John the Apostle was captured by the Romans and said, if you do not stop preaching about Jesus, if you continue to convert people to Jesus, we are going to throw you in boiling oil and fry you like papad and you will die in the boiling oil. It's a painful death. He said, no problem, but I cannot stop talking about Jesus. And the people who came to inform him, the judgment, he told them about Jesus. So they caught him 
it seems in a stadium like place they caught him and they threw him in a boiling oil and in the boiling oil they were waiting for him to come up like uh, you know uh, puri pani puri or whatever puri they were hoping he will just you know bulge in the he'll get fried and he will uh, die but a miracle happened in the boiling oil he was sleeping peacefully and in between he would wake up to say uh, jesus loves you jesus will change you so the people more people converted watching that so what happened the romans decide now when they can't kill you what to do no so what they did they arrested him tied him and threw him in a place called the island of patmos it's somewhere in the uh, european seas uh, in the ocean so there they threw him it's a place of banishment in today's language they quarantined him quarantined to death so till no food to eat wild animals uh, poisonous snakes uh, fearful place so people once they are banished over there they can't swim and come back the oceans are too big for that so they usually die of starvation or some wild beast kills them or some serpent kills them so the roman government used to banish people there john was banished over there to die interestingly he didn't die there you know very interesting he didn't die there he came back to the mainland in europe and passed on the book of revelation and he died under the roman government in a peaceful way okay now what happens in the island of patmos he is waiting and he here on by the time it is sunday okay he is in the spirit yeah, sunday why is sunday a holiday oh britishers came and made it holiday no no don't blame everything on britishers see sunday is a holiday because in the christian calendar when you look at the jewish and the christian what happened is jesus was crucified probably on a wednesday thursday somewhere around that time celebrated as a friday everyone says good friday but actually he was crucified somewhere on a wednesday thursday and he rose again on a early sunday morning and because he rose again on sunday worldwide sunday became a holiday so that people can go and worship jesus i know some use that day for marketing but it is meant for worshiping that day was meant as a holiday to worship the lord jesus because no one in the world once they die come out only one came out so they said you know let's have a holiday that day so that we will worship this god almighty we will worship jesus so on sunday john is in the island of patmos he is all alone but he became full of the spirit even though nobody is there no worship leader to lead worship no pastor to preach no fellowship with people all alone but he was in the spirit you know brothers and sisters our worship should not be only when we are in the church building sometimes when the world isolates us and we are quarantined by the world still you can worship in the spirit when you are all alone hallelujah all alone john began to worship the lord he was in the spirit everybody say in the spirit that is true christianity when there is no one to support you when there is no one to stand with you and you are persecuted and your fellow brothers are not there there's no one to send a whatsapp message there's no one to call you but on the lord's day he was not complaining and in depression but he was in the spirit to worship god and he heard a sound behind him 
when he heard a sound behind him he turned to see what that sound was who is talking to me the bible says he heard a sound like a trumpet now trumpet has got i don't know 20 or 40 variations clarinet cornet trumpet saxophone you know they have so many in the trumpet family there are a lot of instruments blowing instruments i don't know which one sometimes bible doesn't give details bible doesn't give details because christian community becomes idol worshippers sometimes if the bible reveals what kind of trumpet it was no that's all then churches they'll start building like trumpets pillars will be like trumpets some pastors will go to gym so to look like a trumpet you you don't know the, the level of idol worship people can do a lot of times god doesn't give lot of details so that our attention will be only on the important things he heard the sound like of a trumpet speaking to him so he turned to see what it was and suddenly he saw jesus and this is not little jesus in the diapers mother mary holding him this is not jesus hanging on the cross you know helpless hopeless no this is a different visage of jesus shall we read together today we are going to learn jesus from the book of revelation for many of you you will get an idea of how jesus looks he is not hanging on some cross today he is not mother mary holding him saying don't cry don't cry no this is different let's read revelation chapter 1 verse 12 onwards then i turned to see the voice that was speaking to me and on turning i saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstand one like a son of man clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash and the hairs of his head were white like white wool like snow his eyes were like a flame of fire his feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace and his voice was like the roar of many waters in his right hand he held seven stars from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength this is the jesus we worship what a visage of jesus the bible says when john turned he saw he saw he's a witness he didn't imagine this is not some hysteria this is not hypnotism this is he saw like you can see me he saw and what did he see golden lampstand we we used to have here no golden lampstand that one because christmas decoration came that is gone it will come back in january <laughs> that golden lampstand now that one is uh, i i made that uh, uh, please don't think that's the lampstand mentioned here no um, that lampstand which we have on the stage uh, that is my dimension i gave that dimension the size and all shape i just drew one sketch and i gave it and i told them make it for me please and they made it for me but uh, and then we got it colored golden it's a golden color it's not gold <laughs> in case anyone was planning to <laughs> borrow that this is golden color so uh, but this he saw the original gold 
Now, in the Old Testament also, you have that lampstand. I kept it here. Some people asked me, how can you keep fire in the church? So I told them, our electric light is also fire only. No? What is a bulb? It's nothing but a filament which is burning under the energy of electric power. Then they didn't say anything. So, sometimes people are so silly in the way they think, you know. They get angry with, why you're keeping candle in the stage? What is wrong with that? We keep candle on the stage because it's a fragrance. I keep it because it's there in the temple of God. I kept it there because I like it. It's something that is there in the temple of God. So I thought, why not keep it here also? Anyway, it's there in the Bible. But if I see anyone bow down before it, no, I'll remove the lampstand and baptize them again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot make things idols. They are there as a, as a symbolic. You cannot make it an idol. So anyway, he saw a lampstand, golden lampstand. It's written seven lampstand, which means on one stand, seven golden branches, altogether seven. And in the middle of it, Jesus was standing. What is the golden lampstand? It is symbolic of church. The Bible says that, you will find that in Revelation chapter 1, the last verses it's written, the uh, lampstand is the churches, the seven churches. Seven in terms of location, seven in terms of seven eras, seven in terms of seven personalities of churches. So in the, in the sense of completeness, in the sense of totality, seven churches. Where is Jesus standing? In the middle of the candle stand. I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters, when you come to church, there is somebody you cannot see who is standing in the middle of the church. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 You cannot have him in the church if you want to keep him. Some people want to keep him in one corner. Some people want him only in their pocket so that he will bless their purse. Some people want him in their mind so that they will have good wisdom and understanding. Some people want Jesus in their heart so they can have peace. No, Jesus doesn't come to take portions of life. When he comes, he will be right in the center. He will be right in the middle. He will be in the center stage. Go ahead, give him a big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus was standing in the middle of the church. I tell you, because Jesus is in the middle of the church, the devil wants to stop you from church. Sometimes when you go on the BTS bus or on the auto rickshaw, you know, you gave him money and he didn't give you change. You will never say, I will never go on this bus again. <laughs> if you go to catch a flight and that particular uh, company, that particular uh, you know, flight was late, you will never say in future, I never take this flight. Next time also you will take that flight hoping it will go on time. You go to one hotel and eat and that waiter was rude to you. Next time also you will go to that hotel hoping a new waiter will come. But church... Smallest thing, I'll not go back to church. Why? Why? Smallest thing, they'll get upset with church. Oh, church, I won't go back. Club, they'll go back. Hospital, they'll go back. Railway station, they'll same. Railway station, same train, they'll go. Only when it comes to church. Why? Because the devil wants to stop you. 
So the devil works over time to help you stop coming to church. Why? Because devil knows when you come to church, there is somebody in the middle of the church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's why, that's why even if pastor doesn't keep his hand on someone and pray for them, even if nobody touches you, you just come sit in his presence and go, changes are already happening. One day, one family came to me. This story, I'm telling you, we had published in a book called The Miracles uh, many years ago. This family came to me and said, this lady told me, <coughs> 22 years, my husband is a drunkard. I said, okay. Then I am already trying to smell him, you know, secretly. Whether he's drunk now. I, they came for prayer, so I thought he's drunk. But I was not getting the smell then I told him, what's your name? He answered and I figured out that he's not drunk. Then I said, now what's the problem? She said, uh, so I asked, yes, sister. She said, from the time he married me, in fact, when he came to see me, he was drunk. Then only marriage, he was sober. After marriage, his friends gave him the bottle, he drank, then he came for reception. She said, 22 years Except the marriage ceremony, I have never seen him sober, always drunk. I said, okay, now what do I pray for? She said, pastor, I don't remember exactly, was it two months and three months or was it two weeks, three weeks? I don't remember that part. She said, "From let's assume two months. From the last two months, he's not drunk. I said, okay, why are you worried? Because she's talking very worried. She said, I'm worried he'll drink again. Then I told him, brother, 22 years you're drinking. Yes, pastor. Now, two months you're not drinking. Yes, pastor. What happened? I don't know, pastor. I said, okay. But tell me how. He said, every Sunday, I go to church drunk. Because Saturday night itself, I will start. Then Sunday, attend church on the way to the house, I'll buy or it will be stocked in the fridge and I'll drink. But first time in my life, I came to this church two months ago. My children forced me to come. My wife and I came. He said, after church, I was thinking about what you preached. I forgot about drinking. <laughs> ah. After 22 years, I didn't drink. Now, you don't drink saying, after 22, I'll have a miracle. No, you'll stop now. Then, you have to be very careful when you talk about these things because people will develop their own revelation. <laughs> then, then, he said, Monday morning when I woke up, I didn't feel like drinking. It's two months or two weeks. I don't feel like drinking. Feeling is gone. I asked what happened. He said, I really, I don't know what happened. I don't feel like drinking. And she's not, and he's telling me, my wife is not believing. She's saying, I know you will drink. I know you will drink. I told her, sister, have faith in God. Okay, you can't believe your husband. That I understand. Have at least faith in God. He will not allow your husband to drink again. What happened? Why this man changed? No one prayed for him. No one sent him to Alcoholics Anonymous. 
No one gave him tablet, no hypnotism, no magic here. What happened? There is somebody in the midst of the church. There is somebody in the center of the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even though you can't see him, he can see you. He can see your past. He can see your future. He can see your present. He can see your problems. He can see your enemies. And he says, I am in the midst of the church and I am the almighty son of the living God. Hallelujah. Why, why is it that the church is shown as a candle stand? Why is, why is the church not shown as a dark room where secret things happen? No. Why is it shown as a candle stand? Because God has meant for the church to be a light to the world. And he is standing in the midst of it. Wow. So much to say from that. And he was standing like with a long robe. I'm assuming it's a white robe. Long white robe with gold, golden sash on his chest. That means she is not from a Pentecostal church. <laughs> that. I like to preach the Bible as it is. Okay. Don't get upset with me. I like white color. I am not against wearing white. Jesus, it's not written white there, but I'm assuming it was a, because there are other portions where it says white robe. So I'm assuming this is also white robe. White robe is good color. Politicians wear it. And uh, I wear it. We all wear it. Usually in weddings, boys wear white. Ladies also wear white. One boy asked his mother in a wedding. He asked his mother, Mom, why is the girl, the bride, fully in white gown? Fully in white. Then the mother said, Son, that's because she's so happy and white is a sign of happiness. She's so happy, so she's wearing. Then he said, ah, now I know why the boy is wearing black. <laughs> he was wearing a black suit. That's a joke, right? Jesus was wearing a white robe with golden sash. That's the dress of a high priest. So here, the visage that John is having, the Lord is saying, I am a high priest for the church. What does a high priest do? He takes away the negative of the people and brings in the divine blessing of God. So the work of Christ in the church, in one sense, is established here. He was having a white robe, long robe, with a golden sash on his chest. His hair on the head were white like white wool, like snow. Why his hair was white? Jesus died at the age of about 30, somewhere between 33 and 35. At that, that age he died. How did his hair become white? And John the Apostle is seeing this vision. 
maybe about 20 years from the time Jesus ascended into heaven. So a 50-year-old man doesn't have white like wool hair or 60-year-old Jesus cannot have white hair like snow. When did his hair become white? That's the question. So I try to understand from the Bible, when did his hair become white? I like to study the Bible. When, when I read the Bible, I, I study Bible not for the sake of preaching. I do study for preaching also. But many times I study the Bible for my personal understanding of God's word. And I found something interesting. It is not written in the Bible, but it is inferred, collected from what I read in the Bible. See, <clears throat> Jesus, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. In the, in the trauma that happened in the Holocaust of Germany, where the Jewish people were put in concentration camps, according to their documents, it is written, there are evidences, that some of the Jewish boys and girls who were put under extreme persecution, they were persecuted very badly, and they were put under severe stress, a lot of fear, that many of these boys and girls at the age of 25, 30, 35, many of them in 48 hours, in 72 hours, their hair became white because the body reacted in crazy ways under the stress and their hair began to discolor and their blonde hair, dark hair turned into white. Now you will find in the Holy Bible, the Lord Jesus went under intense agony in the garden of Gethsemane, his uh, sweat glands broke and mixed with the blood vessels and his sweat pores began to pour out blood. Blood began to uh, come out of his skin. It's written in the Bible. So he went through intense medical condition. Now he was crucified and they had pulled off his hair on the beard and plucked out his hair and they put a crown of thorns on his head. <coughs> he died like that. Mary Magdalene, one of the women who stood under the cross seeing him die. Three days later, when Jesus rose again from the dead, Mary Magdalene ran to him and saw him and didn't recognize it was Jesus. She had seen him even at the cross. She had seen him die on the cross. But in the tomb, when Jesus came out, and Mary Magdalene saw Jesus, the Bible says, Mary Magdalene went to Jesus and said, Sir, where have you kept my Jesus? Thinking that he was the gardener who kept the tomb. Then Jesus answered and said, Mary, it is I. And she fell at his feet. How come even Mary Magdalene could not recognize Jesus? Because in that, you know, uh, intense agony of the cross, his hair turned its color. Now John the Apostle says, I saw his hair white as wool. And then the next line, the Bible says, his hair was white as wool. His eyes were like a flame of fire. This is not like the Chinese dragon breathing fire. No, his eyes were eyes of fire, but were eyes of love. They're consuming fire Consuming all the negative, consuming the evil, consuming the dirty, but it's the eyes of love. It's the eyes of mercy. 
See, he is watching Jesus. You will not see this Jesus in any Protestant or Catholic painting. Even in Pentecostal, you will not find this. Because somehow, people don't know the Jesus of Revelation. They are all stuck to the Jesus uh, of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. After Jesus ascended into heaven, there are very few people who had a vision of Christ. And it's interesting how he looked to them. Verse number 15, his feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. I really don't know. It looked like that. I don't know what it meant. And his voice, like the roar of many waters, his voice, the voice of Jesus was like a hognical jog falls or you go to a beach side uh, for those who've gone to places like the Victoria Fall in Africa or the Niagara Fall in Canada, you know the noise over there. Jesus or, or the waves of the sea, those who are in the seashore, you know the noise of the waves. Jesus' voice was like that. It sounded like something so enormous. It sounded like somebody was playing all the scales of the piano at one go. It was like a huge orchestra all put together. His sound was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. I love that verse. I love it. In Revelation, that is one of my special verses. Because I understood the meaning of star. When you read the chapter, star means that angel of the church. Angel means the messenger of the church, the pastor of the church. The Bible says he is holding them in his hand. Now, pastor doesn't mean ordained pastor alone. It means anybody who carries the message of Christ. Anybody who carries the message of the gospel, he carries them in his right hand. That's why the Bible says in the gospel of John, I think, Jesus said, I have engraved you in my hand and nobody can pluck you out of my hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. He is holding them in his right hand. Somebody shout an amen. And out of his mouth came a two-edged sword. When he spoke, now we know what the two-edged sword is. It is the word of God. When he spoke, it was not like Johnson speaking on a Sunday. When he spoke, things were happening. The word that spoke and created the heavens and the earth. The word that spoke and put the stars in this place. The word that spoke and created the flora and the fauna and the vegetations. That word, when John saw, it was like a sword coming out of his mouth. Hallelujah. Why pastor Jesus, uh, you know, uh, is so sad, always hanging on the cross. Unfortunately, these fellows who are drawing all those things have not read till the book of Revelation. The Jesus you and I worship is not a baby in the diaper. Now I know Christmas is all about, oh, baby in the manger. Hey, he's, that was long back. That is when God became human to speak to you and me. He became a baby in the manger. But that's not how he looks today. Many people cannot even see him for his greatness. He is the son of the living God. Hallelujah. And his face was like the sun shining in the brightness. Like at one o'clock in the afternoon. 
How many of you have tried to see the sun at 12? Maybe not now, but when you were children, you tried to look at the sun when it's in full brightness and you couldn't. Can I see hands way up high? You tried to look and you couldn't. You know the difference between Jesus and the sun? When, G, when the sun is shining in its brightness, you can't look at it directly. You need to use a cooling glass or whatever. But Jesus, even though his face was shining like the sun, you could look at him directly. You know what that means? He's the almighty, but he's approachable. He's approachable. Hallelujah. He's the almighty, but you can go to him. He's approachable. It's not like, oh, I can't approach him because he's full of light. He's so great. No, he is great, but you can see him. You can talk to him. His, his sound was like the sound of many waters. But if you talk to him in your squeaky little voice, he will answer after listening to you in his mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you go to Jesus and say, Lord, will you hear me? He won't say, ha, 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 what a squeaky little noise. Is that a rat? No, he won't do that. Is that a cat? No, he won't do that. In his huge voice like the waters of the sea, he will speak to you with love and kindness because he's the almighty and yet approachable. Hallelujah. You want to be like Jesus instead of just trying to wear white and white? That's all right if you want to wear white. But try to develop his attitudes, his character, his holiness, his righteousness, his success, his wisdom. You want to be like Jesus, be successful. Jesus was successful. Yeah, many people think in this world we need to be humble and failure to be like Jesus. That's the devil. Devil is a failure. Jesus was success. You want to be like Jesus, be successful on the earth in the grace of God. Amen. Sometimes the devil confuses God's children. Failure is not to be like Jesus. Failure is wrong. God wants you. There are two things when you talk about success. One is have the right aim. Then succeed in it. So if you succeed in the wrong aim, your aim itself is wrong and obviously your success is also wrong. It will be like Jacob. Jacob was in love with Rachel, got married and found out he married Leah. Whole program was a failure. Right? So, it's important that we be successful in its full meaning. Seven, seven stars in his hand, from his mouth came a two-edged sword and his face was like the shining sun. And when this Christ is in your life, let me ask you something. When this great Jesus is in your life, do you think the devil has any chance in your life? Only one thing, he will not come to be your second best friend. He will not come to be your uh, one in the gang. When he comes, he will be the throne of your life. He will be the master of your life. He comes to be in the center. Amen. My wife was asking me, in the morning when you came to church, you didn't have cold. Before preaching, when you... We're walking to the stage, you didn't have cold. When did you catch the cold? <laughs> and I told her, we have to ask the cold because I also don't know. 
I came up here suddenly by... <clears throat> okay, but is it okay? Are you all following what I'm preaching? In case you don't like my touching my nose and all, just close your eyes and hear it by faith, okay? <laughs> Again, you have a vision of Jesus. You have a vision of Jesus. You have more in Revelation. For example, he is shown as the Lamb of God. Uh, but I really don't have the time for that. I have seven more minutes, so I'm going to jump into the second allegory, second illustration of Jesus. Illustration is a wrong word, revelation of Jesus. A revelation means something that was hidden, now revealed. That's called a revelation. So the revelation of Jesus in Revelation chapter 19. But let me give you a backdrop, then we will go to that verse. Backdrop is, in the world, Antichrist has come. Okay, eschatology, future. Antichrist has come. The demon is ruling. Lot of problems are happening in the earth. People are dying by huge numbers. There are uh, cosmic changes happening. You know, global warming kind of, lot of things are happening. And at that time, Jesus comes to rule the earth. And how does he come to rule the earth? Allegorical picture, a visage of Jesus. Let's read Revelation chapter 19. And verse 11 onwards. In fact, I'm going to read not all verses, just a few. I'll miss out a few in between for paucity of time. And I saw that the heaven opened and behold a... Okay, white horse doesn't mean Jesus got a horse in heaven. The meaning of the white horse is royalty. Okay, royalty. Jesus did not come on a donkey. Remember he came on a donkey? That was because he came as a servant. Here he's coming as the king. Is coming as a royal. That's the significance of white horse. Please don't go buy a white horse saying, when Jesus comes, I'll give him my horse. He's not going to use anybody's white horse. This is talking about a, this is a symbolic example that he is the royal king. All right. And behold, a white horse and he that sat on him, on that horse was called, two words, faithful and, that's our Jesus. Two things about him. He is faithful and he is true. And uh, in righteousness, he does judge and make war. Let's go on. And his eyes are a flame of fire and upon his head are many diadems. That means that he has won many victories. And he has a name written which no one knoweth but he himself, which means he hasn't revealed himself fully. He knows who he is, but he hasn't revealed himself fully. And he is arrayed in a garment. What does that mean? This is our crucified master. That's what it symbolizes. And his name is called the word of God. We'll get to that. Move on. Verse 16, and he hath on his garment, on his thigh, a name written. What is the name? Let's shout it together. King of kings and... Hallelujah. And I saw heaven opened and his name is faithful and true. In righteousness he makes judgment and he makes war. Our God is a righteous God. And when he judges, sometimes people will come against him and then there will be a war. And when he gets into a war, we know victory is for sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. When two political parties go for election, we don't know who will win 50-50, you know. When India goes to play cricket in the last few years, 50-50. We don't know. We don't know who will win. We don't know who will lose. But one thing we know, if Jesus is in the judgment, if he is in the war, it's not 50-50. It is 100%. There will be victory by the blood of Jesus. Oh, come on, go ahead. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. In righteousness, he makes judgment and in war, he is victorious. This Jesus and the Bible says, his eyes are a flame of fire and upon his head are many diadems in his name written that no one except those whom he has revealed it. And he is called the word of God. I'm thinking of John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Chapter 1 verse 2 and the same was in the beginning with God. Verse number 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The word came to Mary and it became flesh in her womb and he was born a human. This word comes into your ears and it becomes success to your future, healing to your cancer, peace to your relationships. This word that created the heavens and the earth, oh, it does different things in different places. If the word is coming into your ear, I tell you, God is at work in your life. The word. He is called the word of God. Hallelujah. You can doubt the word of a politician. You can doubt the word of a human. You can doubt even the words of an engineer or a doctor. They are human. They can be wrong. But the word of God, heaven and earth may pass away. The word of God, they have a tendency. They have a tenacity. They have an attribute. The word of God has a character. Hallelujah. In the words of Isaiah chapter 55, my word that proceeds from my mouth, it will not come back empty. It will fulfill the purpose to which I send it. Hallelujah. The strength of Israel, if he has spoken, it will happen. 2021, do you have a word from God? Your future is built on the word of the living God. I feel it in my bones this morning. Hallelujah. <coughs> Hallelujah. 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 Don't judge a child of God with the balance of money in his account or the muscle on his hand or the influence in his relationships or the certificates of his education. You don't know his future. It is built on the word that God has put in his heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, this morning the word of God is coming to our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God. My time is up. 
Many people think when Jesus comes, he'll destroy all the kings. I wish he did. But anyway, he'll destroy all the lords. No, 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 he won't. He'll defeat them. He'll be the king of kings and lord of lords, which means those kings will be there. Those wicked fellows will be there. I know, even I didn't want to say Amen. <laughs> These lords will be there. <laughs> but he will not be with them in a peace conference. He will be above them. King of kings. Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And you have a relationship with him. No king can come in between. No Lord can come in between. Hallelujah. He is the name above every other name. There are principalities. There are powers. There are forces of wickedness. There are powers of witchcraft and evil. But his name is not one among them. His name is above those names. Oh, come on, somebody. Put your hands together. Open your mouth. Worship him. Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, this beautiful morning we worship you with all of our hearts. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We thank you that you are in our lives. You are in the midst of the church. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that you are here. We worship your holy presence. Help us, O oh God, that no matter which devil, which evil, which problem, but never let us stray away from the church. Help us to stay in your fellowship, in your worship. We love you today. Thank you that your people are blessed by you. Thank you for the fact that what you promise you will fulfill. Sometimes when we are hurt, sometimes when we don't understand, help us to go back to your word and to study your word and find strength. Not from the gossip of friends, not from company and people around, but from the word of thine. Help us to find strength from you. We love you today. We worship you today. In Jesus' holy name we pray and the people said, Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I believe that you are blessed. Please connect with us for prayer or counseling. Please do call us or visit our website or visit us. The details are given in the description. We'll be glad to serve you. Do subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to encourage you in your journey in Christ. Please do share it with your friends too by clicking the share button. We are praying for you. God has great plans for your life. Thanks again for participating, listening. God bless you.